Hello, everyone. It is August 12th, 2016, and you're listening to Locked On Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I am the editor of Orlando Magic Daily, and we have finally got something tangible from the 2017 season. The schedule is out, and the Orlando Magic play 82 games, 41 at home, 41 on the road, none in London, none anywhere unexpected, just just a simple schedule uh, with all the typical NBA trappings. We'll be getting into the NBA schedule uh, in a lot more detail uh, as uh, we get through this show. I do want to mention real fast that you can follow us on iTunes uh, using your iTunes-enabled listening device. Just search Locked on Magic. Uh, also on Audio Boom and Stitcher. Be sure to check out the other great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, a lot of great stuff. I'm sure everyone will have a breakdown of the schedule on their ends to obviously a big kind of landmark day uh, in the offseason to finally get the schedule. Before I talk about the schedule, though, and I will talk pretty extensively about the schedule on today's episode just want to give a, a quick shout out to the Croatian national to the Croatian national team defeating Brazil yesterday uh, by I believe it was like six or six or seven points something something crazy I don't want to spend too much time on it uh, Mario Azonia scored six points on two for three shooting he had a couple of threes in the first half but was largely quiet and invisible you know doing his standing in the corner thing defensively I thought he was a little flat footed and unsure of himself so that's going to be uh, a continuing. A thing to watch for him. Uh, he got to guard Barbosa a few times, uh, got beat, but, you know, again, tried to stay within himself. Uh, you know, they're not relying on him for a lot of things over there, and so it's it's going to continue to be a... Uh, it's going to continue to be something to watch as he uh, continues on with, with the Croatian national team. They've got two games left. The win probably does mean that they're advancing to the knockout stage, to the quarterfinals, uh, next week, uh, they've got two games left. One against Nigeria, probably the worst team uh, of the group that's there. But again, not a not a team they should overlook at all. Um, they've got some decent players. So hopefully we see some better games out of, out of Mario. Hopefully we see him become a little bit more assertive or have the opportunity to become a little more assertive. But it was just not his day. Now on to the schedule. I know everyone wants to talk about that. Again, 40, 82 games. That part isn't the surprise. Uh, the Orlando Magic, though, start their season off on October 26th, I believe. Let me double-check that, actually. I don't want to give you that information. Uh, the Magic start their schedule October 26th against the Miami Heat at the Amway Center to begin uh, what should be a, a relatively, uh, not easy, but a relatively uh, solid month or, or a manageable month of October November to begin the season. Uh, I think I've said this uh, uh, in a few places, or at least privately to myself. Uh, I, I think the Magic have to get out to a fast start. Um, I think they have to come. They have to have the opportunity to come together quickly and pick up some wins and kind of establish some confidence, like they, like they did last year, to be frank, if they're going to be serious about this playoff push. Um, I think the schedule, the way it's set up, gives them the opportunity to do that. Uh, starting off against the Heat, then they go out on the road for three games. So if you start that first four games, two and two, they play Miami to start the start the season in Orlando. I think that's a winnable game. I, I don't. I, I'm not quite sure what Miami is yet. Um, then they'll go to Detroit, to Cleveland, to Philadelphia. You go two and two in that stretch. I think you're set up pretty well uh, to start the season off. 
Uh, and then the schedule gets very, very manageable, to be frank. Uh, it's not a... I mean, obviously, every schedule is difficult. You don't quite know how teams come together. But after that road stretch, you play a couple games at home against uh, Sacramento and Washington, against Chicago, and then against Chicago uh, on the road. Then Minnesota at home, Utah at home. Utah's a tough team. And then you go to Oklahoma City and Indiana, followed by New Orleans and Dallas at home. Uh, again, the, no game no game is easy, I think. No no uh, set of teams is going to make it easy for uh, the Orlando Magic to succeed and to win. Uh, that's that's just the, the plain fact of the matter. Like they're, they, You look at the Eastern Conference, and, and I think in the coming weeks we'll probably look at Eastern Conference just a little bit closer as far as where the Magic stand in the pecking order. Um, we've, we've talked about it a little bit. I, I haven't shared my thoughts and really done a deep study on where uh, where the Magic really are. But the reality is that there's, there's going to be a lot of teams in that 6 to 10, 11, 12 range in the East that are very, very similar. And you've got to be able to win these games. You've got to be able to beat the Indiana Pacers of, of the world. You've got to be able to beat the Milwaukee Bucks in November 21st game. You've got to be able to beat the Washington Wizards. You played them twice in the first month. Milwaukee, too, actually. Uh, those are the games you've got to be able to win if you're the Orlando Magic. And uh, win those games consistently. That's how you're going to separate yourself. It's not, you know, the good teams beat the good teams, but the the teams in the middle they got to beat each other and have a good record against each other and have a and again take care of business below the standings too. You can't be losing that game to Philadelphia in the first week of the season. And I know that you know maybe that's where some fluky flukier things happen. Philadelphia's going to pick up some wins and might be early, but we all anticipate Philadelphia to be a bad team again, despite the talent and flux they've got. So that November 1st game against Philadelphia, you've got to win. It sounds silly to call a game in November a must-win, but uh, you got You can't give those games away. Uh, you know, if New Orleans is going to struggle like they did last year, you got to beat New Orleans. I mean, you, you can't let those games slip by. So that's going to be something to consider. Uh, the Magic take a long East Coast road trip in December. Their West Coast road trips come later this year, which is a little bit different. Uh, they have... A January West Coast road trip, a six-day, a six-game, sorry, eleven-day road trip, includes a Sunday night game in Los Angeles, and then no game until Wednesday in Los Angeles. They'll be spending four days in Los Angeles, so dangerous times there. But uh, uh, an opportunity to grow in January uh, on a West Coast trip, and then they'll go to Portland, uh, Utah, Denver, and a home trip, a home home trip to New Orleans before they arrive back in Orlando. Uh, they'll also go out west in March. Uh, so again, late West Coast trip, but the March trip is very, very manageable. Just three games, Sacramento, Golden State, Phoenix. Opportunity to have a successful road trip there. Uh, and that, that game in Sacramento will actually be their first game at the Golden One Center, uh, the brand new arena for the Sacramento Kings. Uh, so again... This, and and I'll, I'll note one more stretch of the schedule before I go into, into my featured segment of the day. Uh, the closing kick is very difficult. Beginning March 27th to the end of the season, the schedule is very, very difficult. And, and if you look at some of the statistical uh, models that have been done already, the Magic will have to bank wins early in the season. Uh, based at least on last year's record, the, Ma- the Magic's pre pre-All-Star break schedule, is be- they play below 500 teams before the All-Star break, essentially. Or they, they have a schedule that, that works out to be below 500 before the All-Star break. 
Uh, I think it's the 11th or 12th easiest schedule in the league. After the All-Star break, they play some tough teams. They play Cleveland twice. They only play Cleveland three times this year. They play them twice after the All-Star break. They'll play Golden State on that road trip that I mentioned, uh, that three-game road trip out west in March. Uh, They'll play, again, beginning March 27th. I think the schedule gets really difficult. At Toronto, March 27th. Home against Oklahoma City, March 29th. Talk a little bit more about that game in a little bit. At Boston, March 31st. Little reprieve against Brooklyn on the road, but then April 4th at Cleveland. Then you get Brooklyn again. And then a lot of te- and then you close the season off with three teams that you're probably going to be fighting playoff position for versus Indiana at Chicago versus Detroit. But obviously a big three game ro- a big three game road trip, a big four road games in five in five games to end the month of March. That doesn't even include the Detroit game coming before that uh, as well. So uh, an interesting closing kick for this magic team. Uh, it looks like they'll have some time. To, to rest a little bit, um, maybe not actually, uh, but an interesting closing kick for the Magic if they're fighting for a playoff spot. They'll, they'll pretty much go straight from the West Coast road trip, have a few games to, to recover at home, a three-game homestand to recover at home, and then boom, hitting a hard, difficult stretch of the schedule uh, as they will probably be fighting for playoff positioning and, and fighting for their playoff lives. So, Magic have to get their work done early. They have to come together quickly. That's my big conclusion and takeaway from the uh, the release of the schedule. Uh, it, it's going to be a very, very... It's, it's. I mean, we knew it was going to be a difficult road. This is a team with a lot of questions and a lot of questions that need to be answered. They're going to have to answer those questions quickly uh, if they are going to uh, if they're going to make the playoffs. Uh, that's just the, the, the truth of the matter. Uh, so we will see exactly what the Magic are able to do... Uh, in that in that setting, uh, and, and with this the schedule that they have, but I wanted to highlight a few games in particular. These are uh, I'm working on this post as we speak. The ten games we're most looking forward to. I'm going to count down the five games I am looking forward to most. And yes, I do have to start Wednesday, March 29th, against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Victor Oladipo does not return to the Amway Center until very late in the season. I'm talking super late. Like I said, it, it is in like March 27th is the turn for home for me. That's when the Magic need to be in full out sprint because the schedule is tough and they're going to need every win they can get. And within that comes this emotional return of Victor Oladipo to, to the Magic. And it may not be emotional at that point. By that point, you know, we're, we're going to have a lot of the questions that we're asking right now answered. We're going to know whether the trade was worth it or not. We're going to know, well, did Serge Ibaka deliver defensively? Uh, how good, just, can, did Victor Oladipo take the star turn we've been waiting for him to take? We're going to have a lot of those answers, uh, a lot of those answers, uh, done by the time Victor Oladipo actually returns to the Amway Center. Uh, it will be it will be interesting to see what the fan response is. I suspect he'll get cheered. Um, you know, maybe the focus won't be necessarily on him as much, perhaps as as it would have been if this game, say, happened when Orlando travels to Oklahoma City November thirteenth. Uh, when when Serge Ibaka returns November thirteenth to Oklahoma City, where they're expecting a standing ovation, uh, they're expecting a you know, a, a big to do about that. And, and, and I think Oladipo will get his, his due, but it won't be the primary focus of the night. The primary focus of this night is for both teams really is going to be about winning and making the playoffs. You would hope 
Um, if the Magic are out of the playoff race by this time, you know we'll be asking a lot of questions. And and the Oladipo trade and the wounds of whether that de- and whether that deal was the right deal will resurface, and it's gonna it's gonna make for an interesting night. But that game, it's gonna it should be a good game. Both teams are gonna need that game, I, I would think. Uh, and the emotions of the night are going to be big. Uh, it'll 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 be a good time to kind of take a take a step back and evaluate what happened throughout the season and whether the Magic made the right deal. And and I, I actually like that that as as a reporter as as a writer, I like those narrative devices. I like I like it when uh, when the stories write themselves. And so I have that day circled on my calendar already. Number two on my list is probably an obvious one, but I'll make sure I say it. Opening night, um, it's it's near the top of my list of games that I am really looking forward to. Uh, I always look forward to opening night. Just the promise of the season is always exciting. So October 26th, the Magic versus the Miami Heat. Uh, the fact that it's against Miami actually uh, gets me more excited for opening night. And, I'll, and I mean, I'll, I'll say why, because... No matter what some of the young players tell you, or, or you could tell when they beat the Miami Heat, it means something. In the four years since the Magic started this rebuild, the Magic have beaten the Heat just twice. Once at home, once on the road. And they've had a lot of close calls against that Miami team. That Miami team's dominated the division for the last uh, six years, pretty much since Dwight Howard left. Uh, certainly since Dwight Howard left. Um, and, you know, the... They're the team everyone's trying to take down, and and even though they lost Wayne Wade, they've still got a talented team. I, I I think they take a step back, but and I don't know if they win the division. I, I haven't really even picked a division winner yet. The the Southeast Division to me is is completely wide open, as wide open as it's ever been. Uh, but Miami is still a gauge by which the Magic, and especially the young Magic players, tend to measure themselves. They're not going to. They're not going to to forget the the heartache that that jersey's caused them. And so to start the season off w- with a win over Miami especially would be a huge confidence boost to them. Like this this like this is I mean every game's going to be important and I think getting off, again like I said getting off to an op- to to an, a good start is going to be critical for the Magic. Winning this game against the Miami Heat, it's not a must win. Don't 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 put those words in my mouth. It's not a must win. But it is a very important game for the Magic, just building that confidence, building that psyche that, yes, we can do this. Uh, and so I, I definitely have October 26th circled on my calendar, not just because it's opening night, but because it's an important game. Number three on my list of, of, ga- of games that I'm looking forward to most uh, is going to be LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers' only trip to the Amway Center. That game takes place in March on March, I'm scrolling down the schedule here, March 11th, Saturday night, uh, right before the Magic go on a wet, that West Coast road trip uh, beginning in Sacramento. Uh, obviously, it's the Cavs, they're the champions, LeBron James. The fact the Magic only get them once puts that much more focus on this game. And the fact that it's happening so late in the season should also put a little more focus on, on that. Clearly, the Cavs are the champions. They're going to get everyone's best shot. There's always going to be a little bit more of a buzz about the arena when they come to town. But it's obviously a big game. Uh, it's it's a it's 
you know, it's it's they're the champions, and you always want to beat the champions. You always want to give your best shot against them and and uh, try and prove yourself. And so this will be a big prove it game for the Magic. This will be a big game uh, for Orlando to uh, to to really see whether they have what it takes to compete. Uh, you know, because you know who knows? They could be the eight seed. Cleveland could be the one seed. That that could be a, that could be a playoff matchup. And Cleveland's given Orlando problems. I mean, last year on two occasions. Cleveland beat the snot out of the Magic and forced Scott Skiles to make lineup changes to really question his lineup. They, they can be psyche damaging. Uh, or, you know, they could be uplifting. I mean, even in a loss last year to Cleveland, you know, Victor Oladipo had, what, 46 points, 42 points or something like that. Uh, and the team began to gain some confidence because of it. But Again, you don't put too much stress into one game. This isn't a game you necessarily expect to win. It's just a game you're excited to see because it's the only time LeBron comes to town. And LeBron James, you know, for all that he's done, is still the standard bearer in the NBA. He's still the guy that runs the league, and his championship shows that. Uh, so we're I'm definitely excited to see that game. Number four, I think it's number four. Number four is going to come January 22nd, a rare Sunday afternoon game at the Amway Center. I'm not even sure why this game is at noon and why it's not on ABC. You know, usually that's what happens in those games. But the Orlando Magic will play the Golden State Warriors January 22nd at noon. Uh, it might, you know, honestly, they might be doing that for an international time start. That's the, like there was a random 5:30 game uh, last year against the Kings on a Sunday. So this might be an international, bro- a national, uh, international broadcast game as the Warriors travel to Orlando to take on the Orlando Magic. Like with all Western Conference teams, this is the only time the Golden State Warriors come to town. I remember last year's game, there was a buzz about the arena that I have not seen in the Amway Center ever and have not really thought of seeing since Jordan was around. And, and I don't throw that around lightly. Uh, Stephen, I mean, there was a media horde four or five rows deep watching Stephen Curry warm up. Uh you know, there was just a buzz. Like, I, I remember walking out of the arena during shoot-around, there were already scalpers, you know, circling the Amway Center trying to get tickets uh, at noon before a 7 o'clock tip. Uh, the Warriors bring a lot of buzz. And, of course, getting Kevin Durant only makes it bigger. Uh, so it, it'll be interesting to see uh, what the buzz is like again, What what whether the Warriors still have that draw despite winning the champion, despite not winning the championship. Uh, I doubt they'll be going for 73 wins again. Uh, that certainly added to the buzz last year. Uh, but this is still a very, very good Warriors team and the only time we get to see them in Orlando. So uh, we will see exactly what uh, we'll see exactly what happens uh, when the Magic take on the Warriors. And, and January 22nd is going to be a big day in Orlando. No doubt about it. Uh, it's going to be an exciting day and, and a... Uh, 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 a big game, obviously, and a noon start. It's been a while since the Magic have had a noon start. I, I think the last one might have been Christmas 2012 against the Celtics or something. Uh, you know, it, it'll be uh, it'll be a lot of fun watching that game. Uh, so I, I'm looking forward to it a lot. Finally, number five on my list of games that I'm most looking forward to. It's actually going to be another game against the Miami Heat, March 3rd, uh, seven o'clock against the Miami Heat. Why is this game special? Uh, besides what I said about the Magic playing the Heat before, this game is special because it is the only time the Magic will appear on national TV. 
Uh, the Orlando Magic will appear on national TV and NBA low four times uh, this this coming season. That You heard me right. Four times. Once on ESPN and three times on NBA TV. That number is obviously very fungible. Uh, it could change very, very quickly. But the clear signal is that the TV executives don't believe the Magic are going to be a team people are going to want to watch. It's not about how good the Magic are. It's about selling them on a TV to a TV audience. And while, yes, Aaron Gordon is very fun, he's not enough to draw and get people to... To, to to tune in quite yet. He hasn't he hasn't had that much crossover appeal outside of his dunking. So when the Magic come to March third, this they need to give a, they need to do two things. A give ESPN a reason to keep this game on TV because they certainly could pull it, and B put on a good show during this game so that everyone gives gives them notice. I know when I posted the, this fact that the Magic. Then we're only going to have this one national TV game, and then again, only four uh, total national TV games. Immediately, people said, "Oh, that's ESPN disrespecting us." That's not. That's not the case. The Magic, we've joked about this, aren't going to have a very good offense. They're going to win games ninety-two, eighty-eight. They're going to be so focused on the defensive end. They're going to play a lot of ugly basketball. Get ready to watch some ugly, ugly basketball. Uh, I am. I've, I, I've told people. You know, when I've argued that Biombo should start, they've all said, oh, well, you know, what's going to happen to the offense? And I'm like, I don't care about the offense right now. Let's just have an elite defense and go from there. That's the mentality the Magic have essentially had, unless, you know, something really changes that's, that's completely unexpected. So, with that in mind, that's not very enticing to a national TV audience. Now, if the Magic go out and win, you know, are out to a, like a 60-win pace... That's going to change very, very quickly. Games will get moved around. They'll be flexed into, into national TV, TV games and all that. If you win, you'll get, your, you'll get your due. The Magic haven't won in four years. They don't, have, they don't have a clear-cut star like Minnesota does with Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins, or Philadelphia even has with Ben Simmons. They don't have that draw. And so it's going to be a while before the Magic get that attention. So when they have that attention like they do against Miami on March 3rd, they got to take advantage of it. And on top of that, they've got to earn keeping it and becoming the story and not making it about Miami, but making it about them. So those are the five games I am looking forward to most uh, when it comes to this upcoming season. Uh, feel free to share the games that you're looking forward to most. I'll have a post up on OrlandoMagicDaily.com with, with the 10 games I'm looking forward to most, so I'll have five more for you up on the website. Uh, feel free to leave your comments on that article. Feel free to drop a line to me at OmagicDaily uh, on Twitter. Uh, I, I'd, be, I'd love to hear what games you are looking forward to. Before closing out today's episode, though, I want to do a quick mini Magic mailbag. Uh, I did get, receive a uh, at least one question, a few questions uh, that I want to respond to uh, as we end the week here. I, I want to try and do the mini mailbag uh, during uh, during Friday. So, so typically this will be the time that we do the mini mailbag. The question I, I received today came from Javier Gandia. That's at uh, L I C Javier G N D I A. He asks, what can we expect from Mario Hizonia stat-wise? 
That is a really, really difficult question, and I think one that probably deserves a little bit longer than I'm going to give it here uh, on the podcast, but I-, I will try and answer it a little bit. We've obviously seen what he's been doing in, in, in the Olympics. Uh, his role is not very active. He's not a, a big player for them. Uh, they kind of tell him, stand in the corner, wait for us to get you the ball, and just shoot it. Uh, he's not given a big opportunity to attack. But uh, I think Hisonia can play that role, but I think he's much more effective in other roles, and I think the Magic will use his talents, use his diverse talents a, a little bit more. Just as a baseline, last year he averaged 6.1 points per game, uh, 1.4 assists per game, shot 43.3% from the floor uh, in about 18 minutes per game. Definitely was taking some time to get comfortable uh, with the NBA game and NBA speed, and, and I think was playing a little scared because he had had a short leash. Uh, per 36 minutes, he averaged 12.2 points per game. I would suspect, he won't hit 36 minutes, obviously. I suspect his minutes will go up to about 22, 23 minutes per game, so he'll get five extra minutes. And I suspect he'll be given a little bit more freedom on offense. When you take a look at that second unit, uh, let's let's assume the second unit's going to be DJ Augustin, uh, Jody Meeks when he's healthy, Jody Meeks or CJ Wilcox, Mario Hizonia, Probably, I think they'll sneak Aaron Gordon, if not Aaron Gordon, Jeff Green, uh, plus either Bismack Biombo or Nikola Vucevic. Augustin's going to be able to create for himself, but Hazonia is at least the second option on offense within that group, uh, depending on how Jeff Green's going. That that, that second unit's a lot going to have a lot better offense, uh, and I think they're going to give Hazonia the freedom to run pick and rolls and attack the basket. That should certainly see his scoring go up. I would suspect Hazonia is going to average probably 10, 11 points per game. Uh, I would suspect he'll shoot somewhere around 36, 37% from beyond the arc and probably bring his field goal percentage up to about 46% from the floor. I'd expect his assist to stay around two or three per game. Uh, and, and I think he's a better rebounder than, than he probably gets credit for. And so he could, uh, he could average before rebounds per game too. So we're probably looking at what, 10... 10-3-3, shooting a 50-51% effective field goal percentage. He was at 51.3 last year, so I'd expect him to stay around 51-52% effective field goal percentage as his uh, field goal attempts go up. He only averaged five field goal attempts per game. I would expect him to be around eight. So if he's making four field goal attempts per game, that gives him a really good opportunity to... Uh, that gives him a really good opportunity to contribute in a much more meaningful way. Uh, the the ma- the Magic obviously are expecting a little bit more from him too, and I think I think uh, he'll do a good job in that role. I think he'll uh, be able to take that step up. I mean, there's going to be times where he struggles, and the Magic's depth is going to really help him out there. When 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 the depth when when he's struggling or someone else is struggling, there's plenty of players who can contribute. You've got Jeff Green, who's who's a solid player. Not guy you want to feature, but a solid player. You've got Vucevic or Biombo who can produce a little bit. You've got Augustin who's who's due for a big game. You've got shooters in Meeks and Wilcox who can who can put up points pretty quickly. Uh, the pressure won't be completely on his own year to create. But clearly I think the Magic are gonna give him uh, some more freedom and 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 some more uh, lateral movement to to play a larger role for this team. And that's a good thing. That's all we wanted last year was give him a little bit more responsibility, see if he can do it. Uh, I think the Magic will let 
let him go and let him kind of have some freedom. And that will unleash him a little bit. And I think I think we're going to see a better Mario Hazonia this this year. Uh, even from some of the things I've seen in Rio, there's certainly still some troubling signs that I worry about, especially on the defensive end. Uh, but even for how disengaged he is from the main crux of the offense, uh, he still is able to produce pretty efficiently and pretty well. To me, the efficiency is the big thing for Hazonia. He's got to remain efficient as his in, as his field goal attempts increase. Uh, and I think I think he largely will. I think he's a smart player, and I think I think he'll begin uh, begin stepping his game up as well. So uh, we will see exactly what the Magic do there. Uh, we'll see exactly uh, how Hazonia comes, you know, how Hazonia develops. Uh, I, I don't think what we're seeing with him in Croatia is, is evidence of how he's improved. I don't think he's being allowed to show a lot of what he wants to do because the team has to win. Uh, and he's playing a role, and, and I think he w- is capable of playing a much larger role uh, than he's gotten there so far. That will do it for today's episode. Uh, I'll have a lot more about the schedule, some more thoughts about the Orlando Magic schedule, and even uh, their place within uh, within the uh, and including their place within the Eastern Conference. Uh, we've got a lot going on uh, on Orlando Magic Daily, even during this slow time. Uh, I've got some classic. Uh, games on my DVR that I'm hopefully going to watch in the very near future, uh, probably after the Olympics. The Olympics take up so much of my time; it's it's not even funny. Uh, so we'll I'll take a, I'll hopefully take a look at those uh, in the coming weeks and days, and uh, have some discussion have some discussion about some game about some historical games. Uh, some, unfortunately, some heartbreaks too, uh, but we'll get to that. Remember, you can always follow us on Twitter at OmagicDaily. I respond to just about everything. So if you have a mailbag question, I'll be doing an OMD mailbag pretty soon, uh, sending out a call for questions. Uh, so feel free to drop me a line there. Uh, let me know what you think about the show. Leave us a comment on iTunes, on Audioboom and Stitcher. Really appreciate all the positive feedback so far. It's been another successful week of Locked On Magic. Uh, I'm very appreciative of all of the listeners, and I want to give you guys what you want. I'm here to serve you. So. Uh, let me know uh, what I could be do. Let me know uh, if there's anything you'd like me to talk about or anything you'd like me to explore. That's that's what I'm here to do. So again, thanks everyone for listening to Locked On Magic this week. We'll be back again Monday with another fantastic episode. I hope, and I will see you then. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great weekend.